Amen. Thank you, choir. Um, as you're marking dates um, that are found in the back of your bulletin, make sure you mark Sunday, December 17th at 1045, because that is when our choir will present uh, the cantata, the, Lights of Chris- the Light of Christmas. Um, so make sure you put that on your calendar. It'll be a great day, um, great day to invite someone to join you uh, for worship. Our gospel lesson today comes from Mark 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is how our gospel lesson begins. This is how the gospel of Mark, the first gospel to be written, begins. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And this one sentence, it is the nativity story in Mark, the Christmas story of the gospel of Mark. There's no angels visiting Mary, no dreams for Joseph, no baby Jesus, no shepherds, no wise men. No, just this, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Not only are all the characters from our classic nativity scene missing, but the location of this announcement. Did you catch it? John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming. Retired United Methodist Bishop Will Willimon, in his work, Heaven and Earth, Advent and the Incarnation, he reminds us that we can't get to Jesus without first hearing John the Baptist, the one sent by God to prepare us for the advent of the word. Advent is announced, he says, not in some beautifully proportioned church, but in the remote, untamed, uncivilized wilderness where it's hard to find your way and some become lost. Advent is a wilderness adventure. But we've encountered God in the wilderness before, haven't we? As we have made our way through scripture over these past few months as a church family, lifting the wisdom of scripture, we spent time in the wilderness. The people of God, after the Exodus, they spent 40 years wandering, listening, learning the lessons of the manna in the wilderness. They learned to rely on God. Be sustained by God. They practiced being a different people, one that looked nothing like the oppressive system of Egypt. And here we are again in the wilderness, 
And God is doing what God had always done, saving God's people by being present with God's people. God shows up. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I mean, you had to see this theme coming, right? For four months now, we've been reflecting on the wisdom of Scripture. Not just favorite verses, but this overarching theme that aids us in understanding God, ourselves, our world, moving through Scripture and listening for the wisdom found within the pages of our story of faith. So, of course, you had to see that when we finally get to this part of the Christian year, the wisdom we would name has to be the doctrine of the incarnation. God with us is God for us. Willimon put it this way, God did not become something in Jesus that God was not already. From the first day of human history, from the beginning, God loves to take bad news about us and make it into God's good news. Jesus comes to us not because our sin is so bad that God finally had to do something dramatic. Jesus comes to us because that's what the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always done. Reaching out to us, lifting up the lowly, casting down the proud and the mighty. God takes on flesh, our flesh, because God has always been God with us, God for us the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So you probably aren't surprised at all about what you are hearing as you showed up today to worship. Um, You aren't surprised that you're hearing a sermon on the advent of Christ. After all, Advent and the Christmas season, they come around every year. As we've already said, every year we lift the story of John the Baptist as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ. Every year we pull out the decorations, we sing the songs, we hang the lights, we light the candles, we do the things. And sometimes that in itself becomes the problem. How do we hear with fresh ears, the announcement of Mark, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. How do we continue to be aware, alert, expectant? Willimon, in his book, well, he says we hear it like this. I want you to picture yourself on an airplane. The pilot's voice comes over the PA and reassuringly murmurs, Welcome aboard, folks. Settle in. Make yourselves comfortable for an uneventful flight to New York. But what John the Baptist is announcing, how we are to dive into this season of Advent, sounds more like this. We should hear it more like that disturbing interruption when mid-flight the pilot awakens us and blurts out, everybody check your seatbelts. We could be in for some rough weather. To get this point across, one Christmas Eve, there's a pastor that stood up for his sermon, went to the microphone, and said, tonight I have some breaking news. Then leaned into the microphone and said, 
Good news. Tonight, the invasion has begun. We're about to be liberated. Then he sat down, and the congregation sang Christmas carols. Mark's gospel comes across like this from the start with that first sentence, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then it moves quickly. In fact, one of Mark's favorite words is immediately, used more than 40 times in the gospel. As one theologian said, Jesus enters the stage and the race is on to restore an alienated, broken, hurting world. There's no time to waste. And before we are 15 verses in, we hear the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. As Willemann says, God's critical rescue mission in Christ begins immediately. And I don't know about you, but I need this reminder every year. A reminder that my God is a God who shows up. A God who will continue to show up. A God who meets us where we are but does not leave us as we are. I need to do the things. To pull out the decorations, to sing the songs, to hang the lights, to light the candles. Because in these things, I remember I serve a God who provides a way where there is no way. A God who in the person of Jesus shows a better way. Every year, Advent begins with candles yet to be lit. Because every year we begin first by remembering that all is not as it should be. We begin in the wilderness where it's hard to find your way, and some become lost. In fact, I think our tree did, was not ready to be lit because the lights were on this morning when I got here, and now they're off. We still long for all the hurts and pains to be made right. We still long for all the wrongs to be set right. We still long for suffering to end, for hate and violence to be no more. We need space to name this, to hold this, space to bring the heaviness. Advent offers this space and says we still wait. Advent begins by lifting, come, Lord Jesus, come. We wait for Christ to return and for all to be made right, for all that is broken to be mended, for all to be redeemed and be made whole. But as we move through Advent, we do not stay in the dark. We light a candle each week. Each week the light grows a little more, then a little more, then a little more. We rekindle hope. A few years ago, Parkway Hills switched to blue candles from the traditional purple um, and pink. 
Now, blue candles for Advent are not new to the church. Churches have been using them for years. And the color switch began as churches wanted to separate the season of Lent from the season of Advent. Season, Lent with its color of purple, a more penitential, somber season. And Advent, a season of hope, of spiritual preparation, of awaiting the unexpected of finding God in unexpected ways, of waiting for light and life to be birthed among us. Advent is hope in the darkness. Author Diana Butler Bass puts it this way, blue candles symbolize the color of the sky right before morning, that time when the deepest dark is just infused with hints of light. Blue holds the promise that the sun will rise, and that even the bleakest, coldest, longest night, that light will break forth as a new day arrives. Blue is the color of hope. So yes, today as we proclaim the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we also proclaim that we are a people waiting. And as we wait, we are to let God come to us, <coughs> to allow ourselves to be loved. We repent, turn over a new leaf, not because we are trying to get right with God, but because, as Willimon says, we believe John the Baptizer's sermon is true. Surprise, God in Christ is setting things right between us and God. Excuse me. <coughs> I have a tickle in my throat. They won't go away. The incarnation, the enfleshment of God as Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, God close up and personal. The gospel, the good news, is not only words about Jesus, it is Jesus, bodily present. Because Jesus didn't just preach the gospel, Jesus was the gospel. Advent is about the advent of a person. The infant and eternal God descended, took time for us, became one of us. John the Baptist preached the surprisingly good news that we need not climb up to God. In Jesus Christ, God comes down to us, taking time for us, staying with us, even though we didn't know how to stay with God. Incarnation, the birth of a way of God being God with us. Hold on to your hats, Willimon says. The Lord is coming, ready or not, in places unimaginable, accomplishing the impossible. It's Advent. Be prepared to be surprised by God. <laughs>